the best things require a little bit of waiting. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you, you guys are not going to be disappointed in uh, today's guest because she is absolutely amazing. She is so smart and so well-rounded in this business. It's, it's just amazing. So today on a conversation with Floyd Marshall, I am honored to have Kanithia Powell. And I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about her because there is so much we, we would be here all day. But just a little bit about Miss Powell. Kanithia started her career as one of the founding members of the Orlando Black Theater, the first African-American theater company in Orlando, Florida. And there she directed, produced, and performed in several plays before moving to Atlanta and starting a career as a television television producer for a local TV station. In Atlanta, she formed Quest Films Network and dove headfirst into the world of film, finding Juliet accepted into 28 film festivals, winner for best short film, two minutes, two seconds, winner for best screenplay, for sale, winner for best short film, humanity, winner for best short film, best makeup and wardrobe, best editing, and is still on the festival film run. Yeah. Now, that's just some of the film stuff. She is also a best-selling author of Never Judge a Butch by Her Cover. She is the founder of Quest Films and QFN TV. The lady has her own streaming platform. And she's a TEDx speaker. So... There is just so much going on with Miss Kenethia Powell, and it's just an honor to have you on the show. So, Miss Powell, welcome to a conversation with what's going on. Hey, hey, thank you so much, Floyd. That was, I don't know, that was an amazing person you were talking about earlier. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> so I was like, ah, I was like, no, oh, I did all that. Oh, that's amazing. So, uh, very kind, and thank you. That did, very kind. Welcome to a conversation with where we sit down with some amazing people in the film, media, and entrepreneurial space. We're going to talk about what makes them successful and hopefully we'll give you something to help you maximize your business, but more importantly, to maximize your life. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with, and I'm your host, Floyd Marshall Jr. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the, the beauty of it is it's, it's all true, mm -hmm. but that just speaks to your journey mm -hmm. and where you've gone in order to have arrived at this particular point. So let's go back. How, mm -hmm. how did all of this start? Oh, wow. So I, I give all of this to my mom because my mom was a writer, you know, growing up in Eatonville, Florida, the oldest black owned and operated city in the country. I like to say that because that's my town. And that's important because we're one of the only uh, black owned and operated cities that are still in existence today. You know, we're not underwater or anything. So mm -hmm. that's always good. But I give it to my mom. My mom was a writer. She showed me the most important things about being a creative my mother would come in our house, sit at our dining room table with her typewriter. And yes, I'm aging myself now with her <laughs> typewriter and her glass of water or coffee and her notebook and her glasses. 
She would not move until she had created a piece of art that she was satisfied with. So that taught me discipline. Mm -hmm. It taught me not to move from a space until you are able or you are pleased with the thing that you're creating, you know, so grateful for her for that. And then watched her transition into performing it. Now that was amazing because when Juanita Powell spoke, nobody turned away. And I am just copying everything my mom did, basically. I sound exactly like my mother. Wow. Um, I perform and, and drop little, th just like my mother. You know, she was my, she was my idol in a way. She was so beautiful. And I saw her at my young six, seven-year-old self. I knew I wanted to do and be that. So I paid attention to everything that she did and how she chose to engage her audience. So with that, you know, I wrote a couple plays when I was like 14 or 15 years old and, you know, just really loved the craft and ran into a um, English professor that taught me how to do it properly, right? How to like properly describe things where people it's like, I always say, it's like walking up to a, a tree of pears, picking a ripe pear off a tree and taking a bite out of it. That's how easy it should be to digest what you're creating and doing, right? I've always kept that at the front of my brain. So whenever I'm doing something, it has to be that simple to, to digest. And I will say, you know, it wasn't an easy road. You know, there was a lot of trauma, there's homelessness, there's a lot of things that I had to go through as a creative to arrive at this place. But as the old black people say, I wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. I'm able to walk fearlessly into things that a lot of people are terrified to walk into. You know, once you've hit rock bottom, ain't nowhere to go but up. So mm -hmm. everything else is just what it is, you know, but having a great love for art, for writing, for creating, having a huge imagination and having a outlet like acting or, or writing for that. It's just been an absolute blessing. So I'm grateful for it. And having an entrepreneurial spirit as well, you know, I've never believed that it would make sense for me to create art and then give it to someone else to make all the money off of it. Yes. I desire to own everything that I do. I'll license the hell out of it, you know, but the IP stays with me. And so that's how QFN TV was born. Um, actually, 10 years ago when Comcast had opened up their networks for minority ownership, they were going to offer 10 network stations. They came out the first round with, uh, they were going to do three the first year. I submitted myself because why the hell not? What do I have right. to lose? But I didn't realize I was up against P. Diddy, Magic Johnson. <laughs> so I was like, oh. And when they called me, they like, oh my God, Kenidia, we love your idea. But you know, Magic is here. And I'm like, his name is Magic. So yeah, that's pretty much what you're going to do. His money looks way different from mine. So I, I completely understand that. But they didn't come back around with the other networks, which was a blessing for me because, mm -hmm. you know, Netflix was born. And then you have like the Internet as an, an OTT streaming platforms as an option to put content out there where I'm not having to cover 24 hours a day, seven days a week of something being on the air. This is a much better, uh, much better suited for me. So when this opportunity came up, I jumped on it, you know, without hesitation. So 
Yeah. And I have to give it up to KL and her group because they were the ones who uh, kind of let me um, be aware of the opportunity and also connected me with their connects, which allowed me to uh, bring this thing to life. So beautiful. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I have to turn on another light. Give me a second. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, <laughs> this is what happens when wrinkles get thrown into your. <laughs> but it's all good though, because I'm sitting there saying oh, the lighting's off. But you know what? So let's let's talk about that because you started out doing theater, mm -hmm. but then you moved into doing films. Why why did that? Why did it happen that way? Well, I love theater. Went to school in the acting scholarship, loved it. It was my, it's where you come. There's nothing better than being on stage under a hot blue light and your audience just outside of your reach. There's nothing more exciting than that to me and hearing the oohs and ahs. But what I found it to be was a little confining. I was, I was confined to the walls of the theater. My imagination was much larger than that. I wanted to add more depth to my characters and switch up scenes and all that jazz. So film was the only way that I could do that. I had some friends of mine that were um, diving into film. We were all like little black creatives. We had like one camera. My friend Preston had like one camera. We had a dude that knew how to edit. I knew all the actors. So I'd send them over there. But when I got into that, it was just everything opened up, the world was mine, you know? And I love theater to this day. That's just like my first love, but film just gives me legs, man. I can run in that, I can create whole worlds in that. And it's just amazing. There's nothing more beautiful than that to me, so yeah. It, it, it is, it is beautiful. And you were describing a story when your mom took you to see Star Wars. Oh, man. Which is, I watch Star Wars every time it comes on TV. Mm -hmm. And my wife's like, are you seriously watching that again? Mm -hmm. right. And I'm like, right. yes, I am. Mm -hmm. So the way you described after seeing Star Wars mm -hmm. and wanting, wanting to do that for yourself, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit, because, again, you said, you know, theater is phenomenal, but there's something about making a film and being able to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Out of worldly. That's just I'm not confined to Earth. You know, I mean, that's what's so fascinating about creating, you know, and having an imagination. It's whatever you just, I'm, I'm just making stuff up, like, and it could be the most ridiculous stuff. Like, I'm working on a new project now that takes place in 962 AD, and it takes place under a total eclipse, you know, where the sky is this awkward color orange. It's weird as hell, but I love every bit of it. You know, I have the opportunity to create that world in film, you know. Theater, it's, you know, I love it. No, and you can do some amazing things, but film, man, I could just... I could zoom it in and I could focus my audience and, and, train, and tell them wh what to focus on, where to look at. In theater, everything is open. Right. You know, you, you, you know, you have people talking, but, oh, you know, I'm distracted because this costume is amazing. And if you got a great actor that knows how to steal scenes, then they're stealing that entire scene from the right. people that are acting. But in film, you know, I can zoom in on that character and show the depth and hurt and pain or whatever they're feeling, you know. And that's just extraordinary. Like, I love that. It's 
Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Now, you know what? What you just described, the film that you're working on, Mm -hmm. it it kind of has an Octavia Butler flavor. Mm, Okay. You know, yes. Okay. It, it, that she was the when when you described, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 sky being a different color, mm-hmm. it reminded me of her books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you've if you've uh, if you've read Octavia. She's she's absolutely amazing. Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm I'm big on science fiction. I'm big yeah. on science fiction, and uh, she she she's just amazing. But you you just basically took me right to her and see that is the the amazing thing about film it is it that is. it can totally take you somewhere right. and you're sitting in your living room exactly exactly you know it's almost it's like equi- almost equivalent to books you know books are beautiful almost like uh radio shows to me it's like yes you know it's a collaborative experience where the words are there the characters are speaking but it requires that you use your imagination so if you've got three kids on the floor listening to a story about a superhero that superhero looks different to all three of those children, they've yes. created those their own worlds and what they look like, all completely different. I love that about books, and I love that about, about film as well, because what the director, the writer intends to put out there isn't necessarily what the audience receives. You know, they may see it from a completely different lens based on their experiences. Yes. So it becomes this collaborative thing, you know, where it looks like this, but, oh, you see it this way. And so it just... The product just continues to grow. The art continues to grow. And I just think that's so beautiful about art. Like, uh, it's just like the ultimate, and filmmaking, of course, is the ultimate collaborative experience. It takes so many people to bring a project to life, you know? So I think it's just, yeah. So uh-huh. you 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 start making films, mm-hmm. award-winning films. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's that process like? Because... Most often people just say, hey, I want to shoot. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. But from listening to you talk in other interviews and reading up on you, you approach it entirely different Mm -hmm. because and and listening to you on Clubhouse Mm -hmm. where you're talking about being very prepared Mm -hmm. and having everything lined up Mm -hmm. so that your 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 project can, can be a successful one. Right. Right. I think that's, I mean, filmmaking is hard enough. And if you're not prepared, you're just making it harder for yourself. Like there's so many things out there, so many um, books, so many guides to help you in this process. Just do the work. It's called pre-production for a reason, you know, get the script right, get that hammered out to where you, I usually, I write the things that I do for the most part. So I'm a different person when I'm writing. I'm just a writer. I exist in that space. You know, I act out all the parts. If I believe it, then I know my audience will believe it. You know, it's hilarious. But um, the times when I'm just talking to myself, my friends are like, what the hell? But um, I'm like, when you see it, you'll understand, you know, uh, but yeah, just operating in that space as a writer and giving everything I have to give over to that process, you know, and allowing that to live and be the best that I can make it. Once that's locked and solid, I'm moving into like, okay, now I'm a director. Who's my, who's my DP? Who am I? Who's my crew? Like, what look do I desire to create for this? I like to layer my things. It's not just a film, a flat 
people know there's always something quirky and crazy like the sky is a different color and the the atmosphere is is challenging there's a big blue guy it's whatever the case may be it's always something a little different you know which i love I'm not afraid to do that but making sure i have the right people in the right place in order to um, bring this thing to life but also giving them the tools to be able to do that you know so my dp gets every shot that i intend to shoot on set. We walk those locations if we have the opportunity to do so and see where we can set things up. We run rehearsals in those places. And then even my light person, I lay out all the light design that I desire for my film and then send him examples of what that looks like. So when we're on set, you know exactly what I want. You got the lights in the truck. We're going to pop them in. We're not wasting time and we can make our day. You know, audio, the same thing. You got bad audio, you got a bad film. So I need to make sure we have the proper tools in order to make sure that our audience has the opportunity to hear us. Actors rehearsed, stunts performed, or like we got the proper tools and safety in place. The whole thing is providing my audience the opportunities to just enjoy the product. I don't want you to be ejected from the experience because you can't hear it or because something's a little off or it's out of focus or whatever. No, I want you there. I want you engaged. I want you to feel every part of that story and just go on this journey with me. And in order to do that, you have to be prepared so they aren't ejected from the experience. So, yeah. Now, and, and then that's beautiful. And the reason I titled this how to harness your gifts mm -hmm. because Which everything, everything, but you know what? And I'm gonna tell you where I got that from. I got it from listening to you on someone else's podcast. Talking really? about, yes. Talking about That's your awesome. gifts. Shakisha. Oh, Shakisha. Oh yeah. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I, I was listening to that podcast again mm -hmm. and you, you, you talked about using your gifts Mm -hmm. And basically everything that you just described is using your gifts and using the gifts that your crew possesses. Right. But being the type of director that is able to pull those gifts out of people, because you know what? Sometimes people don't even know mm -hmm. that they have something. Right. 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 So, so talk about that when you're on your set. Mm hmm. And and you've been doing this for quite some time. So you're you're pretty damn good at it. And mm -hmm. and the proof is in the resume. Mm -hmm. When when you're working with someone and you know that that gift is there, mm -hmm. but they may be a little hesitant for whatever reason, mm -hmm. how do you as a director on your sets, how do you go about pulling that out of everybody, the crew, the camera, the lighting, all of that to get the absolute best that you can from, from everyone on your set? Okay, so the first thing for me is I'ma pay you. So you're not coming here pissed off because you're not getting paid. So first things first, I'ma put some money in your pocket. Secondly, that's you are, one. right, right. You're really great at what you do, you know, and that's why you're here. I just need you to provide, to provide you with the tools so you know exactly what I want. Like I'll take my lighting guy, for instance, Vasily, that dude, lit the hell out of um, humanity. Hmm. It is a beautifully lit film. But he was able to do that because I provided him with the information he needed and the time he needed in order to bring that to life. 
It's not a last minute thing. You've got this ahead of time. You know what tools and things you need to bring with us in order to accomplish that look. So providing people with the proper tools, number one. Number two, like having a good AD. I can't stress that enough. You need a good AD to keep moving these guys along. But I'll say with my one situation with my actors. So I had one actor on my set and she was getting really flustered because she, for some reason, kept like fumbling over the line. And for me, as a director, it doesn't make sense to walk up to you and yell and do crazy stuff. You're going to shut down. You're not going to give me what I want. So what I normally do in all those types of aggressive situations, I stop production. I walk over to my actress and I get in her ear and I speak to her in a very calm tone and let her know that you already got the job. You're sitting in the costume. You're on set. All these lights and cameras are already here waiting on you. Mm. All you have to do is perform. And that's something you can absolutely do because you wouldn't be here if you couldn't. So let's just take a breath, take a minute, and then we'll start again. Let me know when you're ready. She came back, gave me the best performance she gave. But also with that, I often forget that my sound guy is always listening because she's mic'd. And even though I'm talking close to her, I'm thinking it's just a conversation between her and, and I, but he's, and he, Cameron's this tall white guy. He's just the calmest, sweetest guy I've ever met on a set. <laughs> he's just so cool. And he comes up to me after and he says, you know, I love the way that you speak to your crew and your actors. It's so calming. It's so uplifting. It's so positive. It's like, I love that. Your, how you carry yourself on set. They know that, for lack of better words, I'm the H-E-N-I-C. I make that very clear. You're not just gonna come on my set and run anything. That's my job. Mm-hmm. I allow you to do your job. I'm not gonna tell you how to put that light in that little thingy. You gonna do that because that's what you do, right? So I'm gonna stay in my lane. You're gonna stay in yours. And we're all gonna make this thing work and we're gonna do it right together. Right. So respect. I'm going to pay you, you know, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to do your best work because that's what you're here for. So, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. It does. And I was listening. I can't remember what I was listening to, but they talked about believing in someone. Mm -hmm. And when you let them know that you believe in them, Mm -hmm. amazing things happen. So I'm sure that when you were, when you were speaking to that young lady Mm -hmm. and she knew she could do it and sometimes, and we all get flustered. I've been on sets, I've been on commercial sets where I look, we got to stop because I need to collect myself. Now, no one's ever come over to me and gave me that kind of talk because I was sitting here getting fired up and emotional at the same time because I'm like, (laughs) I'm ready. I haven't acted in 10 years, but I'm ready to go. But when you just have that belief in someone because it's infectious and so you're, you're talking to her, but your sound guy hears that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this going to be the best damn sound she has ever gotten out of. Because <laughs> right. you know what? She yeah. expects my best because she knows that I can deliver it. Right. And when you can impart that type of feeling on a set, mm-hmm. magical things can happen. Yeah. It can, man. And it and it did. Like we've had, we had some great, there's a kitchen scene in my, in humanity that is like 
wicked. Like it is gut-wrenching. The actors, I mean, they showed up and they were committed to it. And it just, and I mean, when you have actors that show up that are committed, your director's committed, you got a good crew with you. I mean, all it takes is one good take and everybody's like, okay, so we're going to do this again. I got an idea. So if we put this, I mean, it inspires people and giving them the freedom to, you know, my DP, Sam, who was just awesome. He is doing some some amazing stuff in the industry along with women um, behind the camera as well. So um, Sam shot it. He is just, you need a good... Ari Cameras, that dude is the guy. I love him and he's well um, educated on his pro on his equipment. But giving him wings as well to say like, hey, you know, I have an idea. I don't know how this, you know, looks or what you think about it. You don't have to do it. But what if we kind of like, blah, 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 you know, mm. they're behind the camera. I'm looking at a screen, you know, and, you know, giving them the opportunity to say, okay, well, I got an idea about this. Do we have time to try it? And if we do have time to try it, hell yes, let's see what it does. You know, appreciating and valuing their opinions to a certain extent, I will say that. Um, <laughs> and if we have time to try something new, let's give it a shot. So it's, you're just as a part of this project as I am. So let's make it the best we can. If you have a way to make it better and we have time to give it a shot, let's do it. So, yeah. yeah and, and, and that's a very phenomenal point that you, that you brought to the fore valuing their opinion to a point because what you don't want to happen <laughs> is people thinking that it's their set and it ain't your no. set no you know like i said floyd i shut that down real quick <laughs> you know who's running the set when i arrive i'm not you know i'm i'm a professional i expect you to be professional you know i don't ask anything of anyone that i'm not willing to do myself so we're going to joke, we're going to laugh, we're going to get these shots up, we're going to run it, it's going to be good, but you know not to cross that line with me. I make that very clear. I have no problem getting you off my set. And, and you know what? And that also, I, ladies and gentlemen, please take notes because what she just said will put everyone that is working on your set at ease mm. if they know that there is one captain of the ship that's it because if people sense that you are not in charge and you are not running things mm -hmm. chaos ensues because everyone's running around doing their own thing because right. they're saying well shit Kanithi is not in charge so why have well, i'm not listening to her so what she said go ahead hey, yeah whatever you know so it's it's so it's extremely important to 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 you know keep a tightly run ship. But you were, mm -hmm. you were saying no. I was just going to say also being a woman. Yes, a big role in it, especially if you're all of your crew are dudes. You know, I, I tend to get along better. Well, I get along with everybody for the most part. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 a pussycat. But um, I I remember um, being on one of my earlier films earlier sets, two minutes, two seconds, actually. And I had a DP and I like a DP that want to be a DP. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for a DP that want to be a director, that want to be a light guy, that want to be a sound guy. I'm looking for a DP. I want you to master that. And that's where you, I want you to exist. Like 
And just because you're a female, they think that you're you're kind of weak or you don't. I'm just like, dude, come on, man. There comes a time like it's not your film. It's my film. Right. I've hired you in this space. Allow me to do my job. And then I had to release him, you know, because it was just like, dude, we're losing time and days with this. So, you know, being a woman on set, uh, it's very important to establish your leadership, uh, the way that you lead and let them know that this is your, your thing. Or sometimes it gets out of hand. I had one dude show up like for lack of, and forgive me for saying it, he showed up every day like his period was on. And I'm like, dude, what the <laughs> She oh, said that, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't. <laughs> what is going on with this guy? Wow, really? So crazy. It was just emotional. Just what? And come to find out, he really wanted to be a director, and it just gotten kicked off of a a set as a director, and it just brought all that energy to mind. And I'm just like, this guy's wild. It's like everybody's really kind and nice. We're having a good time. This dude is just like. It was just insane. And not till the last day, almost the last shot, he's like, well, you're a good director. And I was just like, first of all, we're looking for your validation. But okay. It was just so, God, you get all types. It's crazy. But having to shut him down and letting him know that you don't come on my set and talk to anybody any kind of way. Right. That's not going to happen. You know, because, yeah. But, you know, I've learned and I've grown and I'm so happy for those experiences because I get to take all of that into new things and um, communicate better, respond better, and just hopefully create a better environment for my team. <laughs> but you know what, that, that, okay. I was listening to, I was on Instagram and Fat mm -hmm. Joe, I, it was some type of a, they, they have uh, dudes in a barbershop talking. Mm -hmm. And Fat Joe said, the problem is people don't know how to play second. Right. They and don't. the guy was like, oh, yo, yo, yo. He was like, no. He said, people don't know how to play second. He said, that's the problem. He said, if you're a mechanic, be a mechanic. If mm -hmm. you're a barber, be the barber. <laughs> and he went, he went on to explain how when he was rolling with his brother, I guess when they were doing other things, mm -hmm. he said his brother was in charge. So mm -hmm. he would open the door for his brother. When his yeah. brother stepped out the car, he would be one step behind his brother. Mm -hmm. right. But all of that, he was learning. Mm -hmm. right. And here's the thing. And it's, oh gosh, I think it's John Maxwell says, mm -hmm. leaders follow. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a good leader, learn to follow. Exactly. So this, this young man is on your set, upset mm -hmm. because he's not a director. So how about this? You're on set with a consummate director. You're on set with an experienced director. You're on mm -hmm. set with an award-winning director. How mm -hmm. about this? You watch and you learn. Right. So that you know how to do it the right way. Right. So that when that opportunity comes up again for you to be a director, you know what the hell you're doing. You know, I am always willing to sit at the foot of someone that is doing something that I desire to do, that are doing it better than me, that are doing it, period, you know, that are, um, I'm there for the experience, for the journey, for learning. I'm always open to seeing a new way of doing something. 
you know, how can I become better at what my craft? How can I create better experiences for the people around me? And being on other people's sets, you learn that. And I have no problem being, not being the one in charge. I'm going to, like, I was on another film before I moved out here and, um, Someone else was directed. I, I came on as a producer, but it was a small set. We were just trying to get, you know, give this other person an opportunity to direct. And I was, what I, I did props. <laughs> I did some other stuff. But the thing was, like, I jumped in where I could help. You know, you're overwhelmed with this. I'm going to go pick those props up, props up for you. Oh, you don't have this kind of person? I'm going to set the car for you. I set the hell out of that car. You, It looked like a child was in that, you know, had existed in that car. Like, I was proud of that. You know, I'm behind the scenes taking pictures of where everything is for continuity because I didn't see anybody else doing it. So when the director had a question, okay, great. She was a new director. She, This was her first time, so she didn't know everything or have a lot of experience in it as, as directing. She's been on the other side of the camera, you know, but... But taking those pictures, oh, was that door open? Here's the picture. Yes, the door was open right here for this particular scene. Any way I can make the set run smoother, be better in my particular role, whatever that is, I'm going to do that. I don't always have to be at the top. That's not how you get better at things. That's not how you learn how to do or how not to do things. I can sit back and watch and say, okay, so I know that that was the wrong response. So when I get confronted with that, I know how to do that better. Okay, and this, that, and the other. I mean, you get people have to learn how to do that. Everybody want to be the um, the chief. They want the big headdress. You don't even know how to put it on. <laughs> what you doing? Just sit back and learn a little bit. It's, even when you are at the top of your game, there's always an opportunity to learn something. When you approach things as the learner in a situation, you always win. You always win. And here's the thing. The chief wasn't always the chief. Chief wasn't always chief. Chief wasn't always chief, ladies and gentlemen. The chief was the underling at one time learning from the chief. And when the chief was ready to become the chief, they became the chief. Exactly. But they had to learn how to be a chief. Right. You, yeah, you, you, you know, again, leaders follow. They do. Leaders they do. follow. Good leaders follow. They do. Right. They really do. Hey, everybody, it's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can just message me with a question or a comment and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode to your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question. Let's switch gears. Okay. Because you wrote this, this, this little old book. Oh, oh and, <laughs> and, and, and how many countries and how many stores now? 23 countries sold all over the world. There's something beautiful about an idea. I love ideas. They're like my favorite thing. First of all, they choose me often. I love that because when an idea wants to come to life, it knows where to go. I appreciate that because I'm one of those people that, oh, that's interesting. You remember the last time you had an idea? It's like, 
it came to you, what comes to me, it's like a quiet voice. When I'm very comfortable, very at ease, when I'm in a place to receive it, right? It's like a whisper. It's like, ooh, well, that's interesting. And the first thing I do is, hmm, that is interesting. And then you go and research. An idea never fully reveals itself to you, right? It's only going to give you enough to make you curious about it. And then you're going to do the work. And it's and like an onion, it unveils itself to you, right? As you continue through the process. Butch was like that. Everything I do is pretty much like that. It's like, hmm, here's something somewhere like, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. And then I'm off in my own little world doing whatever it is. But Butch had been something that, you know, I had experienced myself, you know, being somewhat masculine at times, but put me next to a really masculine person. You're like, you're not masculine at all. So just being in the middle and kind of like, okay, who gets to define that? What does that look like? And my whole goal with that book was to redefine what Butch really meant. You know, just because, you know, I look like this, you know, I can still fall into that category. And I love high fashion. I'm always in a cute shoe in a high water something, you know, um, with big hair. And that was an opportunity to put that on display with beautiful um, women that I knew in the industry. You know, so I was driving back from a photo shoot, I think in Baltimore or something. I was in D.C. at the time. And I was talking with a friend of mine. I was like, I got this idea and I kind of want to do it. She was like, oh, my God. Yes, I know just who we can get. So by the time we got back to DC, we had um, my my makeup person, my hair person, my stylist, and about a handful of models. We shot over the course of a weekend in my friend's living room. Mm. And we had like the, the, the backdrop in the living room. Like Leah was in the kitchen doing makeup, Apuja in the hallway doing style, Courtney in the bathroom doing hair. And we just had this like assembly, like this, line of just models coming through and all these things and it was it was magic and you felt the energy of it when you were there you know and again back to being prepared I had a notebook of what I wanted my book to look like before I even created my book so I had like these you call it like a um, like those composition folder little um, notepads yes and I covered the front I put the cover on it the picture that I wanted Every page in that composition book represented a page in my book. So when I went to lay it out, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted it to look. Every word, every image, everything laid out prior to. I mean, you save yourself so much. And when you can actually see the product before the product is completed, you know where you need to make shifts and changes, what works, what doesn't work. I mean, I love that. I love that. So that made it so much easier for me to lay this book out, which I did um, myself, and then hooked up with some people in China and mm. they printed the book. They did a lot of high-end model magazines and like Vogue and all that stuff. So it was very, very interesting because their English wasn't really good, but it was they were committed and they loved it. And they sent me all the examples of what it looked like prior to getting it out and finalizing the product, sent it to me on a slow boat. And I had my book. I have never felt more joy and excitement when, than when I'm opening up my first box of books to, to hold it physically in my hand. You know, it was amazing. You know, there's something to be said about having an idea, following through with it to completion and getting a product in your hand. Now you allow the world to come in and help you promote it, mm -hmm. help you get it out there. 
Because when you create something beautiful, the world is just as excited about it as you are. But they can't promote it if you don't complete it. So I'll say, if you're going to start something, see it through to completion. Can you say that again? Yeah. When you start something, see it through to completion. That allows the universe to step in and help you get it out there. Give it to the world. Make your money. Send out your stuff. Sit on podcasts and all those things that you desire to do. It allows you to do that. But you got to finish it. So many people are sitting on ideas and dreams that they 20, 30 years on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Why? Complete it. It's great that you wrote that book. But if you didn't print it off and give the world an opportunity to hear it and read it, why are you just wasting time and talent? What's the point of that? Mm -hmm. Get beyond the fear. Get beyond the exposure that you're not comfortable with. And just put the work out there. People are waiting to hear from you. You've been given that gift for a reason. There's somebody out there in the world that needs what you have to offer as encouragement, as motivation, as representation to have the courage to step out and do what they have to do. And you don't know what that person's going to bring into the world. So do your part. You have a gift, use it. Complete the process, which is simple. Give that person an opportunity to bring something beautiful into the world as well. And that is so important. Yeah. Just take action. And you know what I ask people? I ask people this all the time. What is the worst thing that could happen? Right. right. Because let's think about, let's talk about that. As of right now, you're mm -hmm. sitting on something and nothing is happening. But if you complete <laughs> right. it and release it, right, something may happen. Right. You know what? I always I think about this often. If I were to go to Wall Street right now mm -hmm. and say to a Wall Street investor, here's something that I'm going to give you, mm -hmm. and you have a 50% chance of making millions. Oh. They would jump on it in Own a it. second. Own it. But interestingly enough, so many people won't <laughs> take those odds. No. Because it it really does have a 50% chance of working. Right. And, and I, I said something a couple of weeks ago. I can, and I said, I can make a 100% guarantee. They said never guarantee anything. I said, but I can guarantee this, that you will 100% fail if you do not start. What? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But if you do something, there is the possibility that it might not work or it might work. Right. But here's the thing. If it doesn't work, you throw away what didn't, you keep what did, and you build on that. Exactly. Exactly. It's science. <laughs> science. You know, like, oh, we're going to go in this lab. We're going to cook some stuff up. We're going to come out to the world and we're going to test it. Some parts are going to pass. Some parts are going to fail. We're going to take that, go back into that lab, make some adjustments, come right back out. Eventually, through the process, you will end up with something that you desire to have, right? But if you're not willing to put in the work to accept the, people call it failure, I call it research, I call it testing, it's just data, you know, you gave me a thing that didn't work that way. Okay, so I need to do something else. That's all that is. We put so much around failure or those, 
there really isn't a, isn't a thing. It's just like, you're just, you've never done this before. <laughs> you've never done it. How are you going to be perfect at it? How is it, is it going to be a hundred percent right? You know, it's not, it's just not. And I don't know why we, we've created this, this environment where it has to be perfect. It has to be this. It's like, no, I'm divorced from that. I'm here for the journey. Who do I become during the process? That's the most thing that's important to me. What have I learned and who have I become as a result of it, right? I'm not married to the end thing. You know, it's just like, oh, okay. So my goal was to follow through this process, stay on, stay, stay on target, make it as beautiful as I can, do the best I can with what I have with where I am. And if I did that, okay, I can always go back and make it better. Same thing with the platform. You know, it's just a place to start. Everyone's like, oh, well, you, we're the blockbusters and this, that, and the other. They paid $70 million for that film. Like, <laughs> that's going on Netflix, boo, or Amazon. It's not coming to QFN yet. Now, I'll get it when it's gone through its cycles, mm-hmm. you know, at this particular point. Because I'm just starting. When you think of co- companies like a Netflix, when they first started, they were selling, what, 30% of their company for $200,000? Mm-hmm. You know, that was just a place to start. They didn't start out as Netflix. They started out as something else, actually, and then grew into Netflix. People don't want to give people time to grow into a thing. They expect it, that instant gratification. Baby, this is not Instagram. This is life. Mm-hmm. So, and Instagram ain't even real. So let's just, I'm going to take it, I'm going to start here. I'm going to continue to build, make relationships, network, get, in, get access to bigger libraries, and eventually I'll get there. So, And, and that is so true because I'll just take Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. You Dude, see, was in his ladies and gentlemen, he was in his garage. Oh. And then is a multi-gazillionaire. I can't even right. pronounce what he is. Yeah. Every, every journey, as you said, every journey has a beginning. Right. And and here's the thing about wanting to get to the end so quickly. Where you start is rarely where you end up. Right. Exactly. Because I've started some things and then things happened. Brenda mm-hmm. Gilbert put up a, a post a few weeks ago and she was like the road to success. And it was an arrow. It went straight for like a hot second. And then it squiggly lines all over the place and and everybody was liking and saying girl you ain't never lied because that's that's what your journey is right your so-called journey to success and to the 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 point of failing the the dyson vacuum five thousand prototypes listen come on (laughs) thomas edison said i found out ten thousand ways how to not make right. a light bulb. Right, <laughs> right, right. They, he, he didn't consider them failures. He just said, oh, I figured out 10,000 ways that this doesn't work. Right, exactly. So, so it's all about the lenses that you're looking through and your mindset. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It's a mindset because if you're looking at it, oh man, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, and, and, and that's not going to work, that's not going to work, then absolutely you're right. Yeah. It won't. Exactly. But it won't work and, and, if you don't do it. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing too, your mindset. If that's not in the right place. And I, I mean, we all have our little things and our little 
speech that we talk to ourselves. And I mean, kill that negative nagging voice. It's not serving you at all. Like that, that's, and I'm going to pause here to say something really quickly. Please. I had like, my nagging voice was crazy. She would say the most outrageous stuff. And I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> Who is that? Like, is that me? Like, what is that voice? And I went on this journey to kill her because she definitely needed to die. Uh, but also <laughs> love myself enough to be gentle, to be loving, and to be kind with it, right? So I would write myself love letters. I had a little blue journal. And every day, I'd go to a place that was quiet, and I'd write myself a love letter. And the only requirement that I had is that I spoke to myself as though I was truly in love with me. Mm -hmm. And over time, the practice of just loving on me, and doting on me, and, and really speaking to me in the most loving fashion, she died. She was no competition to the love that I was willing to give and show myself. She had no, she couldn't stay there. She had to leave. And that is such a beautiful practice that I share with everybody that I talk to that's interested in, you know, killing that negative voice and loving themselves more. Write yourself letters, love on you, take care of you, be gentle with you. We are all out here trying to figure this thing out. Nobody has all the answers, you know, but beating yourself up and not having a proper mindset, walking into new ventures, you're going to kill it before you even start. So get your mind right. And, and, and that person, and here's what I need people to understand. First of all, you, need, you really do need to watch what you say to yourself because you're right. listening. You're listening. Mm -hmm. Those people are real. Mm -hmm. You may not believe it, but folks, those negative forces are absolutely real. I'm, I'm, I'm studying to be a life coach. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they're talking about is thoughts never die. They don't. They, they don't. never die. Mm -hmm. Everything is everything from the beginning of time is still floating around yep. in the ether. And that sometimes, depending on which frequency you're vibrating on, high sure. or low, yeah. you could be sitting there and a thought pops into your head out of nowhere. Yep. Because you're operating at a low vibrancy or, light, yep. or a low frequency or mm -hmm. a, a, a thought could prop in your head because you're vibrating at a high frequency. Right. And you really have to train yourself to mm -hmm. think and stay at a high frequency because those negative thoughts are real. They're tangible. They've done studies on it. I mean, just look at how someone who always thinks that there is a problem to every solution. Look at how their life is. As opposed because to someone who thinks there's a solution to every problem. That's your vibration. Yes. The universe operates and gives you what you're vibrating. If you believe there's a problem to every solution, the universe is like, all right, bet. Okay. Roger that. <laughs> so now I'm going to show you every problem to every solution. You know, Vibrating manifestation, all of that is is a is a is a is a constant.
practice and study. You know, we are human beings. It is impossible to always vibrate high, but yes. rooting yourself and having those positive things in place for when you acknowledge the fact that you are vibrating low. That thought comes in and it's like, I feel like our brain is just our brain. It's just monkey brain. It's just like, oh, oh, you smell that? Oh, remember when you was two and you was in the kitchen and your mama slapped you across the room? You're welcome. That's how your brain works. It's just proud of itself for bringing back any thought, any emotion, any feeling or experience that you had. It just likes connecting things, right? So my brain is just like all over the place sometimes. And it's just like, wait. And I make a point to say, no, you're going to be right here. Yes. Right now. And I tell my brain, thank you. But I don't need that thought right now. Thank you so much. Good job. I don't need that thought right now. We're going to release it. And then just root it with a um, positive affirmation, something that is able to take me out of that feeling and emotion, that vibration, and start me on the trek up. One of those is everything is working out for me always and always. Everything is always working out for me. I literally say that to myself a million times a day because <laughs> I got to calm down. I got to breathe, you know, and my brain is just, it's just active, you know? So yes. understanding that, rooting yourself in something deeper and placing a positive affirmation there that is something that matters to you that you believe in works. And even though you're at that lower vibration, you can root yourself in that and start the trek back up, you know, yes. which I think is so good and important. Yeah. I'm going to have, to, I'm going to have to uh, steal that saying. Oh, that's okay. And, Go ahead. And, and yeah. add that to the, uh, to, to the repertoire. <laughs> but I right. wanted to touch on your new streaming platform, QFN. Yeah. yeah. How did that come about? <sighs> Having a conversation on Clubhouse, actually. And Clubhouse. on Clubhouse, I was talking with in a room and I was, uh, I forget what I was working on at the time, but, you know, my whole thing was owning my IP, keeping it with me. And figuring out a way to make sure that people are coming to the hole for what they want. My hole, my watering hole. This is, this is where you drink from right here, you know? And then, you know, speaking with KL and her partner, and they were like, we love it. We love how you're talking about it. We have an opportunity. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Kisa Puckett? What is her... KO's is it Kisa? Kisa? Kisa Puckett? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was trying to bring her name to the front of my brain. Um, yeah, so I met with them that Friday and we had a great conversation, introduced me to their person on Monday. And then by that following Friday, I, they were um, building my platform. Wow. So I, I am a person that when an idea comes and an opportunity comes, I jump and I jump quickly and I figure it out. I'm like, this is good. I like it. It felt good. Let's pull the trigger. Let's not waste any time. So that's what I did. And it's so interesting when you're building something that isn't the norm. My friend told me like, God, Kenithia, most people are trying to get on a platform, a network. You're building one. You're owning one. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I hate middlemen. I don't want to talk to those people. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like I have this thing, this this thing about since I've moved to LA, I have you know experienced a few things, and I realize that LA is to me people with no abracadabra trying to tell everybody with magic what to do with it. Mm. And, you know, I mean, you're in these meetings and there's always, you know, it's a really great black show that's, you know, good representation and it's uplifting is how you, and the white guy would be like, you know what? I know what you need. <laughs> you need a white guy. He's going to come in there and he's going to save everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. That's what we need. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So getting tired of that type of conversation yes. and those things, I yes. think the only thing for me to do is to tread my own way. Like these people. So I used to work for a major organization before I say what I'm saying and was number one in the world for quite a bit of time. I went to work for this organization and the one thing I learned I'm in these rooms. Usually it's just me, person of color, woman, black in this room, watching these white guys operate and do their whole thing. And you realize that these people are no smarter than you are. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're not really smart at all. And I'm like, you're here in this major organization working with $700, 800000000 million for one project. And this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing I can't do. There's nothing I can't do. Every company, everything around us started with pure thought. Somebody had an idea. They wrote it down. They were curious about it. So they researched it. They reached out to some people that can help them bring it to life. They may not even possess all the talent required, but they knew somebody who had some talent. To bring them in. You talk about Edison, our my boy that I love, Tesla. He helped him do a lot of stuff. You know, he wasn't out there by himself building mm-hmm. my no. you know. So he had a great team. And I think I think they built that off the back of a black guy. So yes, they did. Yeah, exactly. So again, everything a pure thought. Therefore, if you can think, you can create. Mm-hmm. What prevents me? What says to me that, oh, I have to create my art and only put it in these places. Mm-hmm. Because these are the only people that can give me my dream or what I want. No, they built their thing. What prevents me from doing that? Right. Absolutely nothing. So I'm going to research it. I'm going to get the data that I need, pull some people together. I'm very resourceful, honey. If I ain't learned nothing else from one need to power, I learned how to be resourceful. So <laughs> I'm going to pull into people that I love, that I know can do the job and help me get there, that are just as enthused about my ideas as I am. Right. And we're going to build it. And see what happens. And that's it. That's it. Nothing is stopping me from that. Nothing except me. So if I get out of my own way, who knows what I can create? So here we have QFN TV. It's a place to start. You have some really great international films on there. Films that I love. I've watched every film that's on there. I'm excited about where it's going. We've got some new new original works that we're looking to start production on next, the end of next year. Oh, okay. So we'll be starting providing some new, great, um, awesome originals, which I'm stoked about that are That's really great. Shows. And we're just going to take one step at a time. I don't need to see a whole staircase, just a stair. 
If I have the, can muster up enough courage to take that one little step, I'm going to figure it out on that step. And then I'm going to take the next one and the next one and keep going. There may be sometimes I fall back on a couple mm-hmm. of steps and that's okay. Cause you know, that's life and it happens that way. Oh, yeah, but, Sometimes you have to sit down on the step. <laughs> listen, I've had some situations where I've had to sit down. It was a punch in the gut. And I don't know, in the street, in the house, on the stairs, wherever. I just had to sit. <laughs> but, oh, God. Who I became through that experience, though, was a woman that I was proud of. So I'm grateful for the sit down. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So before we get out of here, I just got to ask you one more thing. Mm-hmm. TED Talk. Yes. How did that happen? I saw. I was like, oh, and and by the way, that was phenomenal. Oh, thank you. That was phenomenal. That's so kind. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Working for my major organization that I work with um, at the time, they um, would do TEDx events. And I was one of the most requested people to do a talk. Wow. Which was very interesting. You know, it's so so interesting that whole that whole experience with this company. It was such a journey and transition for me. You know, I was grateful for the opportunity. I did well at my job. Um, but as I started loving myself more, I also started building relationships with other people. We have these deep conversations and I always met them from a space of love and understanding. And I was basically people's life coach and therapist on campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, like, I don't think I've, like, during the latter part of my career, I really never ate alone. Oh, <laughs> wow. was like, I need to get on your calendar. It was like, okay, what are we talking about? Does it work? No. Okay, so I got this situation and I just need insight. I was like, mm. hilarious. But through that, just lifting people up, you know, and they were like, we want you in this round. So I did the talk, absolutely took advantage of the opportunity. It was beautiful. The things that people would say, like the announcer was like, you know, if you, anyone who knows Kenethia, you know, she's going to lift you up. She's a good soul and you're going to be moved by anything that she has to say to you. So I was like, that's a huge announcement to say before I walk on stage. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Let's Thanks see for that pressure. Right. No pressure here. Appreciate it. <laughs> right. But giving that talk and speaking from my, my, my heart, my soul, you know, and revealing things to people that, you know, in a professional atmosphere, they didn't know, mm. you know, and that is vulnerability. Right. And I was willing to step in that uh, unapologetically, just like, this is me. I am not ashamed of me. I'm a creative. I've had ups and I've had downs, but I'm grateful for all of them, right? By showing my vulnerability and and talking about my experiences, give everybody else permission in that audience and anyone listening to do the same. So when I walked out of the talk, <laughs> they had a break, small break after that, and people just flooded. We the the theater was like over 400 people, mm-hmm. and we had overflow. And then they broadcast it to all of the global campuses as well. People just flooded and was like, we need a picture. We need to talk. Blah, blah, blah. I love this. I felt so uplifted. People crying. And I was just like, oh, cool. Great. I mean, that was, 
It was just an overflow of emotion and just love for being willing to be vulnerable and honest. And I mean, after that, the amount of people that reached out to me from around the world was just, it was just beautiful. And I felt so grateful and blessed to be able to say something and speak into people's lives. It was just, it was absolute blessing. It was the best thing that's, uh, one of the better things that have happened along my speaking career. You know, it was just beautiful. Uh, that was a, a beautiful moment for me. Yeah. It was, and it, it was, you know, because I love TEDx, because I always learn something. Mm -hmm. and, and and again, you know, your speech was, was, was amazing. Mm -hmm. And you just have that calming effect on people. <laughs> they like, know <laughs> that you are a safe space. Right. And Thank I think you. that is why, no, I know that's why people mm -hmm. have no problem opening up to you because they know that whatever they say to you is safe. It's with right. you. You're not going to be at the water cooler telling Bob right. and Susie right. about it. Right. And, and, and that's a beautiful thing when people trust you enough with things that they wouldn't tell anybody else. Right. You would not believe things people say to me. Our first meetings, I was, oh, okay, right, okay. But also following that up with a question that hits you right in your core. Mm -hmm. lets you know. I get deep real quick with people. <laughs> They're just like, oh, how long have you known you guys have been friends forever? No, I literally just met this guy, so which is hilarious. But it's important. Who's that? My friend Miles. He, he Miles, uh, he works with Gino. Miles Greer. Yeah, he always picks at me because he's, he's like, you know, Kenethia, whenever you're talking, you're right here. You're mm -hmm. completely focused on the person that you're talking to. The whole room just disappears. It's very intense. But I'm like, it's important for me that people know that they have my full attention. This moment right here, I'm giving this time and space to you. I love that. It, it, we don't get that. Everybody's so distracted. You know, I'm right here with you in this moment, in this space. And you feel that you can ask me anything. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm going to hopefully lift you up in some kind of way, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And it may not be a truth that you're ready to hear, but you know mm -hmm. that you hear it, right? So I love that. That's so awesome. That's a beautiful gift to give someone your attention, your time your understanding and your willingness to share this moment and hopefully help them get to another place, a better place. So I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close on that. <laughs> but what's next? What's next? What's next? So I got an important pitch coming up that I'm working on this new fantastical film that I'm, I want to do. So we're working on that, uh, growing the platform as much as possible. And, Continuing to write and direct, man. Like, I got that, uh, the new film coming up that's in 962 AD, um, which is fascinating. So, I love history. History is one of my favorite things. So, oh, mine too. Love, if I can incorporate that into a story some kind of way, when, oh, it's just, it's great. I love it. So, uh, that's the biggest thing that I've got going on right now is my new film and um, building this platform out so people can enjoy more cinema. So where can people find you? QFN TV is the app. 
you can find on Google Play, Roku, Amazon Fire. It's on Apple as well. You can download it directly to your phone or devices. You can watch it on your screen, on your computer, as well as you have Roku, Roku and all that. You can watch it on your television as well. Yeah, QFNTV.com. You can find me on Quest Film, Instagram at Quest Films and Facebook, plain old Kenethia Powell. So. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, Kenethia. Mm-hmm. Delayed, but it was an amazing. <laughs> that is a podcast in and of itself. But uh, this was absolutely amazing. And Monica, thank you. So glad that you commented. I'm I'm still learning this how I'm I'm talking and commenting at the same time. I have to learn how to do that. But thank you so much. But Kanithia, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It, again, I love listening to you because I always learn something. And for me, that's what it's all about because I just love learning. And I like the fact that you like history. I love it. And I love the fact that you like shoes because those are two of my favorite things, history and shoes. God, a good shoe. Nothing better than that. That makes your day. Nothing better than that for me. That that I get very we up. See now we could be here for another hour, hour and a half talking about talking about the shoe game. Um, Because I I I love I love a good shoe. Right. But I can't wait to see you guys because I'm coming out to L.A. Oh, really? Cool. Yes, I am coming out to L.A. next month for the uh, the Mishu Film Festival, the Uh Michaud Film Festival. Okay. I'll I'll be out there for uh, seven days from the 11th of July to the 17th. Hey. We got to connect, man. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone. But again, I'm not going to take up any more of your time, but I appreciate you taking an hour of your busy day to sit mm-hmm. down and talk with me so we could share you with the world. Mm-hmm. And I hope that everyone has learned something and is taking something valuable from this. Listen to it three, four, five times. Right, right, really, right, really. Right. And you can find us on all streaming platforms. We're on all the major streaming platforms. And what I'm so excited about with this new platform we're on, that we're now on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn as well. Oh, so uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about that. And that is, a, we're going to have to talk about that story, how, yeah. how this happened through really quickly. The reason that I'm on the this particular platform is because I was doing Instagram Live and I did an interview with Stacey Greenwell and Keena Ferguson two weeks ago and I lost it. Oh, no. And it was not backed up. Mm. So here I am because I said I cannot have that happen again. So, But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The failure or the setback was actually the setup, the setup. Come on now. So fail and fail often and fail forward. But again, Kanithia, do you have any closing words? I will say that you create your world. You have the power. What are you choosing for yourself? If it's not serving you, be willing to let it go. I don't want to get wordy, but I want to say real quick, I love trees. And trees, are to me, are a best example of how life should be lived, right? A tree never eats of its own fruit. It digs itself down deep into the earth before it even presses through for stability. That means prepare yourself. Get ready for the life you're about to live. Get rooted 
and something deep that will sustain you. With the weight of the world on that seed of that tree, it will push through the soil and bring you a tree every time. You never find a tree that grows halfway and says, I'm good right here. A tree is going to grow as big as it can grow, produce every leaf, every branch, every piece of fruit, whatever its purpose is, it will do it without hesitation. If something obstructs its way, it simply finds its way around it and continues on its purpose. What is your purpose? What's hindering you from stepping into it fully, confidently? Let that go. Find a way around it and continue on your path. I'll quickly say that everything a tree produces, it gives away. Homes for birds, whatever, animals, whatever. Wood, desk, whatever. It gives it all away. It's beautiful in the way that it's willing to let go of those things that no longer serve it. A tree goes through its cycle. It's going to hit a fall. It's going to lose everything. Branches, leaves, fruit, whatever. It loses it all. It goes through a very harsh winter, much like our own lives after we have a fall. Sometimes it's real hard to, to, to progress and get back up on our feet. But we do. Because we know that spring is right around the corner and it'll give us the opportunity to produce again. Keep that in mind. Even though you fall, even though you lose everything, you'll have the opportunity again to get back up and produce and march towards success. I wish you the best in your life. Everything is working out for you. Remember that. And thank you for this time. If I had a collection plate, I'd pass it. <laughs> I was going to say, the church doors are now open. <laughs> wow. If you look, just the last couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen, was worth the hour. And Monica, I could not agree with you more. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have been blessed. This, wow. this, this has been one of the best podcasts that I have ever had the privilege of doing. Oh, and I am so grateful that you that you came on the show and we are definitely going to have to come back. But again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining myself and Ms. Kanithia Power, award-winning author, award-winning filmmaker, TEDx speaker, streaming platform owner, and just so many other things in her future. It, it's just so bright. Thank you for joining me on a conversation with, and as always, Love this like a hobby, but treat it like a business. Amen. Have an amazing, amazing night. All right, everyone. Take care. Yes. Thank you. All right. <laughs>